Ladies and gentlemen, I've got a nice cool beer. And today I'd like to talk to you about Assassin's Creed. Probably my favourite long-running game franchise there is. I know that that's maybe controversial, but I just don't care. So, let's start where it all began, ladies and gentlemen. Assassin's Creed 1. There's a lot of things to like about Assassin's Creed 1, even though it is repetitive and those missions do dull it down. I don't deny the haters of that game that fact, but I love its ambition and its ideological story. The fact that in 2007, Ubisoft were like, yeah, you know what, let's make a game about two ideologies fighting throughout the history of humankind. Uh, fair enough. I mean... You don't get much more passionate and brave than that, in my my opinion. Climb to the peak of those towers and structures, you know, in Damascus and in Acre, as they call it in the game. It was just so breathtaking at the time. It still is, to be fair. I still remember riding down on my horse and seeing the city of Damascus for the first time and just thinking, oh my god, I can't believe that's in a video game. It was unbelievable. Desmond's present-day story intertwining with Altair's story was just so nice because Desmond's story overarched the entire assassin's life and before we knew it, other ancestors as well. And it was nice to bring it all together in that present day story. The missions were repetitive, but the actual assassinations were fantastic. Like the Merchant King, seeing him poison all of his crowd with poisonous wine and fighting other people in warehouses. And it was incredible at the time. The feeling that it gave you of... I'm invincible, I'm invisible, and I'm going to assassinate this extremely important person in society and get away with it without anyone knowing who I am was just fantastic. I still think about the game a lot, and I just remember thinking, how does a game like this not only exist, but capture so many people's imaginations and be financially successful? Because I'm still not sure about why it's successful. But it is still my favourite of the franchise, and almost everything about it is experimental in my opinion. Creating those leap of faiths and making them the Ubisoft trademark of go to the tower and find everything on the map. That was very much, I believe, started and cemented with this game. The third person action was Arkham-like combat before Arkham, maybe, I think. Arkham Asylum came out in 2009, I might be wrong about that. I'm sure you'll tell me if I am. The story, obviously, the characters, the principles discussed, the eagle aspect, all of that was so, so new. And then Ubisoft go ahead and give us a really bad cliffhanger in terms of wanting to see what was going on next. And then two years later, we finally get Assassin's Creed which at the time felt like the longest way in the world, I can assure you. Fortunately, Ubisoft pulled out one of their best games they've ever made, in most people's opinions. Highly anticipated game, obviously. And there were so many questions left unanswered. It was very confusing at the end of Assassin's Creed 1. Your mentor, Ali Mualim, turned out to be a Templar, and I always thought, oh, does that mean all of the Creed has been a Templar in disguise? You know, how, is it just a ploy to distract the, the... I don't know. But anyway, a lot of these questions were answered, and we finally get to see the wider picture with Desmond's story, and that starts off instantaneously as you escape the Abstergo facility that Desmond is captive in the first game. And we finally get to play as the charming Ezio Adatole da Frenzi. And his story of family's betrayal and redemption is fairly basic and looking back it probably isn't the best story in the world but it did its job and we all still love Ezio to pieces obviously despite him being a manslut. Venice and Florence were some of the most beautiful cities I've ever come across in a video game. I could still go back and play through them to this day and just muck around in that world. It's so fantastic. 
we spoke to some famous historical characters in the first game, but they really elevated it with the second game in terms of speaking to Da Vinci and Machiavelli and all these kinds of characters really began this trend of speaking to really famous historical characters in the series. More so, we saw more factions being introduced, the mission structure was solved, it was now just sort of mission after mission rather than repeat, repeat, repeat like the first game. The music was absolutely phenomenal, still one of the best game soundtracks ever made. And the villa upgrades for your villa was the start of a new RPG aspect that would eventually grow to dominate the franchise as we'll find out later on the DLC so there's no DLC for the first game but Assassin's Creed 2 uh, in the main story you miss out two sequences as you're playing through the story and they end up being the two DLC packs they're not that big or anything and there weren't any achievements tied to them hence why I wasn't rushing to play them but they were pretty good and you know they did begin the again the trend of Assassin's Creed developing and releasing sizable DLC packs which would come to pass sooner than expected. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Brotherhood was very unexpected. I remember sitting down and watching the E3 trailer with my friends and thinking, whoa, this is, this came around soon. Yeah, they developed a sequel and we didn't know this at the time, but they were about to annualise the Assassin's Creed franchise. We weren't used to that at the time, so for us to get a new Assassin's Creed game for what we knew was a brand new game with similar gameplay and things like that we thought it was going to be all new material a lot of it is new material but there is obviously a lot of repetition with well Ezio he plays Ezio again there's the same mechanics in terms of villa upgrades and things so you're now calling in other assassins as you're playing through the game the brotherhood uh, hence the multiplayer aspect introduced as well in this title where multi competitive multiplayer was introduced for the first time Still not quite sure how they got away with that and how it actually worked, but considering what it was, which was Assassin's Creed multiplayer, it worked very well in my opinion. Me and my mates played it for ages, it was very simple, but it was a bit different to all the other multiplayer at the time, which is basically Call of Duty, and it was a nice refreshing new take on a competitive multiplayer mode in my opinion. It was during the time where every game had a multiplayer mode, so that might have been part of it, but to me it was always a fairly good multiplayer mode. Set in Rome, one of the most beautiful cities ever, if not the most beautiful city in my opinion. And more and more content. More enemies. The Borgias. Very good enemies. Chesele Borgia. I liked his sister a lot. You can take my word on that. More building upgrades, tombs to venture, more missions, factions to get to know, etc, etc. Leading on from the second game in a lot of ways. The experimental mode was, of course, the multiplayer. And the DLC, again, was small. There was a few free online updates. And then some maps multiplayer. And then two small DLCs. One of them was about Da Vinci. And they were alright. That's all I've got to say about them, really. Assassin's Creed Revelations. Ezio is how old? Okay, so the theme of this game is to bridge the gap of time between Altair and Ezio. Because for me as a, as a fan, at the time I always thought, whoa, 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 why are we jumping so many years? Like, what happened to Altair? We got this little tease of him getting with the scale in Assassin's Creed 2. And that was huge for me because I'm a massive Altair fan in terms of a protagonist who is driven by principle over consequence. And because of that, we see Ezio travel to the Holy Land where... Altair was at the t at his time of living, and I absolutely felt that Ubisoft should explore this t 
timeline before we move further in the franchise because I felt like it needed to be told, so I'm really glad they did that. Constantinople, the city it's based in, is absolutely gorgeous, as you might expect. The grappling hook's a nice little addition. When you first arrive, the Brotherhood give you that. There's obviously, again, extension of the gameplay mechanics and mission structures from Brotherhood and AC2. And the story is probably the best story ever told, in my opinion. We play throughout a year as flashbacks as Ezio discovers the story, as he discovers more artifacts from his previous life. And much of this game is developed to build hype for AC3. And to be fair, the hype for AC3 was well-deserved at the time. I think people were really craving a main entry at the time, so that's fair play. And the core music of this game, the theme that was in the trailers and the start of the game, is still the main theme for Assassin's Creed as a franchise. So that just shows you how amazing it is. And, okay, so the main problem with this game, you know, it's his, like, 755, and he's gliding across massive things and jumping and killing things and it's starting to stretch the seams and the believability of the franchise is starting to reveal itself in terms of people thinking like okay i know this is a video game but you know he's 64 mate you know can he really do that and the answer is yes and it was sick but the main thing was set up for ac3 the present day story pretty much comes to a complete halt here as well in terms of the experimental aspects we have rts elements so real-time strategy elements uh, in this small mini game which is quite fun I, I didn't mind it i quite liked it story in desmond's mind is he's in a coma from the animus i'm not really going into all these details because i don't think i want to so if you want lots of backstory i'm sure there's plenty of content for you to go find that out about the multiplayer was way more polished and developed in this game the dlcs included character packs and map packs for it and there was just one main dlc for this one which was the lost archive which was a very different fps dive through the mind of subject 16 i think i can't really remember it was quite a while ago but it was very good very different and it was more like solving animus puzzles in first person rather than another third person action adventure story that we've probably forgot about in two months but yeah and it, it revealed a very important part about lucy and lucy is a very vital role in the first three or four games especially the first game and second game. Having that revealed in the DLC was a bit of a letdown, actually, because I thought it was such a good reveal that it should have been in the main game. But here we are, and it was still good, so fair play. Assassin's Creed 3. What a complicated love story Assassin's Creed 3 is. On the one hand, the game starts out quite extraordinarily. Plays Haytham Kenway, who, unbeknownst to you at the time is in fact a Templar. I did actually guess this when I was first playing it because they never tell you, oh, the Assassin's Brotherhood. And so when you're talking about all of this principles and order and rules, eventually you kind of catch on if you're a fan. But it was still sweet as an opener. That being said, it was also a way for players to not really start playing the game until about 10 hours in, which for understandably for a lot of players was really aggravating and frustrating. And even me, who I consider myself a patient player, it was quite aggravating and frustrating because you never really got going until too late. And ever since then, they've pretty much tried to start the game as soon as you jump in, as soon as possible, which is fair enough, I suppose. But it is a very bold and artistic way to begin unveiling the other side of the coin that is the templar brotherhood which is or the templar order which is obviously the mortal enemies of the assassins seeing the other side of the coin so to speak this 
in 83 playing as Haytham Kenway, this begins a storyline and perspective that eventually fleshes out in later games. So quite smart of Ubisoft to begin that so early on. Unfortunately, Connor, who you play as in this game, is one of the worst characters I've ever played as, if not the worst game character I've ever played as. All I'll say is, I only want to spend one sentence talking about what how bad he is, and that is this sentence. The frontier, which was the wildlife area in AC3, was great to jump between trees in and a bit different compared to the cities we've been playing through, like Florence and Venice and Constantinople. And they were a bit different, of course, because it was more modern architecture in the city. So you went to Boston and New York, and it was much more Americanized and blocks and things like that. So it was very different and quite refreshing again. The best thing about AC3, a lot of people would say, in my opinion, was the naval combat they introduced, which eventually inspired one of the best genres, genre game mode type perfections that we haven't seen since probably Sid Meier's Pirates which was the naval combat spawning sequels of games based around that, as you will see soon. But it had its issues, and it didn't deliver on quite the promise it was hoping to do from the trailers and from the hype, but Desmond's present-day story got resolved in a very abrupt manner, which a lot of people either liked or didn't like, but we finally got a lot of answers in terms of the ones that came before, which was really nice, and we finally got some real concrete story to grab onto, and that was really nice to do that after about three or four games so i'm glad they did that however we never actually got to play through a scenario that was in the trailers which was connor standing at a field and then like going between rocks and i know there's one mission where you kind of do that but like i was really disappointed that that wasn't more of a main mechanic for the game because it was so awesome in the trailer but it is a trailer at the end a cg trailer at the end of the day not a gameplay trailer so maybe i was a fool to think that you could do that but a fun little story for you i completed well i got to 96 percent completion of the game and then because i'm young and a rock star i got absolutely smashed on a saturday night as a Sunday, I was feeling sorry for myself and suffering from a wine hangover, who any who don't know is the worst hangover you could possibly have. It's pretty bad. Just thought I'd go on to uh, AC3 and play through and just try and play through this absolutely banging hangover. I was just in the menu scrolling, scrolling, and suddenly, boop, just deleted my save file accidentally for some reason. Not even joking. I literally just looked, I was like, why can't I load my game? And I just deleted my 96% load file and hadn't got all the achievements. So what do you think I did? Yeah, correct. I did start a new game and complete it 100% because I've got OCD and I might be autistic. But I've got the achievements and I'm happy I did that. But that does mean I'm really quite sour about AC3 and I would never play it ever again. The experimental modes of this was obviously the naval combat, which we'll get onto soon, and the multiplayer, which was pretty much at its peak at this point, in my opinion, in terms of the modes, the characters, the maps. Assassin's Creed Liberation HD. A fun little game which was actually created alongside AC3 and has some intertwining elements as you play as Avalyn and you play during the events, I think, of AC3. It's very much a companion piece to AC3 in terms of a game alongside it that was slightly smaller and more complementary towards it than being its own thing, I think. That being said, there was a game mechanic where you could style different outfits as Avalon and go through different 
talking, negotiating, or combat with different outfits, and I thought that was a really cool mechanic that I thought could maybe pop up in other titles, but it didn't, but that's fine. The story was fine, I can't remember any part of it, to be honest with you, but I admire the passion of the title in terms of the map it had and the things you could explore in it. I think it was New Orleans, maybe, Florida way, I think, I don't know, maybe people are like, no, that's not even close, I'm like, I don't care. And this was the first time Ubisoft decided to release two Assassin's Creed side by side, which was not the last time we'll see them do that. Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. So Black Flag is so, so, so good. It completely relights your fire if you were burnt out from, say, two onwards. I longed for all the side missions and captivating open world. The protagonist was interesting and charming, Edward Kenway, who's in fact Haytham's dad. Unfortunately, this relationship isn't really explored whatsoever, and I have no idea why, considering Haytham's one of the best things about AC3, in my opinion. But, to be fair, Assassin's Creed 4 did live on a really big potential which at the time I remember seeing the trailer and seeing that it was called Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag and I just thought oh my god this 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 game is going to be awful you know it's cross-gen it's mainline entry they haven't called it like just Assassin's Creed Black Flag I've called it 4 cheaped out on the naval combat and the naval gameplay I just made a game about that and I was just so wrong about it this is where I had my really main big AC break and I didn't play Black Flag till about to a couple of years after it was out maybe I think or a year after it was out and then that's when I got back into the franchise because I was by now after three obviously after that hangover awful atrocity you're a captain of a ship and you're going around shanties and the beautiful ocean and this was the first next gen AC not true next gen but the seas were absolutely gorgeous it looks fabulous. The music was mesmerising again, even if the main score wasn't by Jesper Kidd, who, in my opinion, developed the, some of the best music of the franchise. But obviously I'd want more composers to add their takes on it. I mean, who wouldn't? Coming up again is the RPG aspects of your ship and upgrading it and the cans and the sails and all that. It was all great to experience and a welcoming addition. I think Assassin's Creed has always deep down wanted to be more of an RPG, to be honest with you ever since two but yeah and the characters were great you know you, you talk with blackbeard and captain kid is it and all great stuff it doesn't have the huge cities or the amazing skyscraping climbing that you might be hoping for but the the wildlife and the missions are just so enticing there's so much to like about this game trust me i've played it a lot and my main gripe really with the game is that Edward Kenway doesn't become an assassin until the very, very, very end of the story, which is a bit sad because he's not as relatable, I find, without that principal aspect of his lifestyle, which, you know, every assassin you start out as, including Altair and Ezio, you know, they start out as this, um, you know, ruthless, like, I don't want to play by the rules, and eventually they abide by the rules, and they enforce the rules, and they want the rules to live over, you know, their lives and onwards. But these revelations don't come until later on in the story, which is obviously natural for a story narrative, but it can lead to an unrelatable character sometimes. And I do find it harder to play as a protagonist if I'm not as relate, or, you know, don't find as much to relate to him. The present day story comes back in a very nice new way. You play first person as an Abstergo employee in their offices and you're going around with a little iPad and you're solving different puzzles and finding different snippets of information and eventually, you you know, you, you get recruited by assassins and you become a sort of spy for them type thing. And there is a lot, to be fair, that kind of goes on in the present day story despite the abrupt ending of 3, which is where Desmond dies. Spoiler alert! 
I really liked the present day story actually I thought it was really different really nice new touch on the franchise I really wanted to you know the gameplay of Black Flag I wanted to play that and then I wanted to do the present day story so it was quite a good combination and now obviously that was part of the experimental aspect of it it did mean though this was the last time we saw the competitive multiplayer in Assassin's Creed which is what it is in my opinion I don't miss it that much but it was a nice little mode for when it lived I think but it died a fairly timely death I think the DLC those map packs and character packs for the multiplayer some were exclusive to DLC to PlayStation which include Avalon from Liberation but the main DLC Freedom Cry was really really great you played as Edward Kenway's first mate Odwali I believe is pronounced and um, his sword was just really satisfying as I remember in terms of Assassin's Creed 3 DLC this is where they start to really hit the big leagues where they released three big DLC packs called The Rise of King Washington. And this is a alternative storyline where King well, where George Washington gets the Apple of Eden and becomes a tyrant. And then you as Connor have these new spirit powers and things, and it's really quite cool. And time where Ubisoft attempted to really build on this DLC idea and release DLC that was quite sizable and meaty and in terms of story and gameplay. So that's worth noting as well. Assassin's Creed Unity. Many of you out there probably don't like Assassin's Creed Unity. Many of you don't understand why I think it's one of my favourite Assassin's Creed. And I'll tell you why. The graphics are unbelievable. I can imagine going on now and still being like, I can't believe this is a game. It, the way the water reflects off the path, the way you reflect in the light, and the way the light bounces around the Notre Dame, it just looks so phenomenal. The world is so immersive in terms of its people and the animals and the lights, and it I just it was so immersed when I was playing through Paris, even if it was full of disease and French people. But I had a smashing time as well playing in the new co-op mode, which they introduced in this game. That was the main emphasis for it, hence the name Unity. I had a great time playing through the co-op mode with my friends, watching my friend axe some of the guards in front of the gate as I climbed through the window and silently took out the targets. You know, it was really great coordination and teamwork. And I do miss that. I wish they kept that up in the franchise, to be fair. But my main issues with the game were the, the cover gameplay wasn't fantastic. It wasn't quite as tight as I'd like it. Arno, the character, was pretty terrible. I don't really remember anything about him, other than that he was French with an English accent. And I'd rather people just do a really bad French accent than do an English accent as a French person. The present day story sucks. You play as someone who's bought like an Abstergo Entertainment thing to live through your ancestors' memories. So you've just kind of got loads of like Abstergo advertisements and people in, in your face all the time and then the assassins hack through and try and tell you information but I'm just not in. I'm not intrigued about it at all. I think they're experimenting with getting rid of the present day story at this point because a lot of players were complaining about that they didn't want it but I've always felt it was necessary and needed and I enjoyed that aspect of the Assassin's Creed franchise. Obviously, as you may know, there were a lot of bugs with this game, hence the main bug where the face disappeared and then there was only eyes and lips remaining and like it was on the front of every game magazine cover ever. It was a very buggy game, no doubt about it, including all the iPad implementation and all that. Very, very bad. But I still have a fondness of Unity and a truly next-generation Assassin's Creed game than it was. You still got to play through the Eiffel Tower in a smart way, which they introduced, which was good because I don't think we were going to come back to a location of Assassin's Creed since we haven't really done that before. So I thought, oh my god, well, like you know, Assassin's Creed are going to Paris, they're not even going to do the Eiffel Tower, but they did, so it's fine. You know, they make sure to do the famous landmarks and that you're able to interact with them, and I really appreciate that. 
obviously experimental again co-op mode and the assassin missions which have always been really good in the franchise are on another level in unity they really had these huge setup missions where you could pursue different avenues and use different methods and it was really clever and the set pieces were massive and they were awesome some of the best assassin missions i've ever played period the dlc well there's just one main dlc which is dead kings and again i don't really remember much from it but i remember it being pretty good assassin's creed rogue this game released on the same day as uni so we now have the second time that ubisoft have released an assassin's creed on the same day as you may tell from me talking about it in my droney voice with a slight beer hangover before it's actually come in people are starting to get fatigued about the franchise at this point Rogue was a sibling to Unity in every sense of the word. It was thriving off the foundation of AC3 and AC4 in terms of it had New York and Boston as its main city, or at least New York from AC3. It had a lot of the ship mechanics and ship locations from AC4, but you play Shay Cormac, who was a Templar. So as I said before, playing as Haytham in AC3, this was leading to Rogue, and eventually you play as a Templar for most of the game. He starts out as an assassin and turns into a Templar for his own reasons and convictions. But it's a really good story and grays the lines between the Assassins and the Templars, which I think is what Ubisoft wants to do and wants to see more perspective from Templars as well as Assassins. There isn't much new gameplay here in terms of it being a last-gen game. So Unity was the next-gen AC and Rogue was the last-gen one. And I actually quite like, you know, the experimental idea of let's not just port it to both. Let's actually make a game for the old generation and a game for the new generation. That hasn't happened much in but I quite like what they tried to do here and I respect it. Even if it is a lot of revamped resources. The character of Shay and the locations are new enough for me. Which I think any Assassin's Creed fan would have a good time at least playing through the story of this game. And you get to see Achilles which was Connor's mentor who was one of the best things about AC3. Although he's not that nice in this one. But you know it's still worth a go I think. It did feel like the resources of Ubisoft were really spread out for these games and they didn't quite reach their full potential or execution. I'm not sure if that's true considering that thousands and thousands of people work on these games. But it just felt like that to me as playing it. One of the cool things about the game was hunting down assassins as a Templar. That was a whole new mechanic that was almost a mechanic introduced from the old multiplayer. And it was very cool to see that. The DLC, no real DLC here in this one. Probably because their efforts were on Unity. Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Okay, so we're finally at the last hurdle. This is the last game before we move on to Origins, which we'll talk about very soon very soon children assassin's creed syndicate released an unfortunate time for the creed people were pretty sick of assassin's creed at this point people had had enough and that's why syndicate i don't think sold that well or at least according to ubisoft's expectations of the game we were sour from unity and its bugs and from rogue being a thin game that also was also plagued by bugs and gameplay mechanic issues that had plagued the series for games on end at this point we've had annual releases for years and years now sadly syndicate is a pretty extraordinary game in my opinion one of the best assassin's creed without a doubt the fry twins who you get to play as you get to play as jacob or evie fry they're very charismatic and you play through victorian london which again was an absolute dream come true as someone who's british and wanted to play through victorian london it was really great and fantastic to do that you know you really got the sense of the industrial side and then the beautiful buckingham palace side the combat was 
absolutely ruthless. The combos you can make were just like lightning fast. I've never seen any close combat like that before in my life. It was awesome. The world is as, as immersive and phenomenal as always. The standout moments for me was probably the grappling hook was on another level. I actually liked the grappling hook so much that I'm not sure that I was going to live without one in case I did go back, you know, further in the franchise. But Origins, it was fine. So that was cool. The assassin missions were again great, just like Unity. And the graphics again blew most of the other games out of the war, in my opinion. At this point, Assassin's Creed is pretty much an RPG. There were different areas which you had to level up to to, to progress through and do missions in so it's pretty much an RPG at this point and again you get to play through bits of World War 2 and the London Bridge which was really awesome it didn't quite get the love it deserved because of when it was released but it did hint at what was to come which was not only fatigue but a world slightly too big for its own good the experimental side of this game though the horse carriage driving was great Charles Dickens and mystery murder missions were really fantastic as well I highly recommend playing through them if you can in terms of the DLC it was just a couple of small mission packs Jack the Ripper DLC though on the other hand was great you gave me an excuse to play as Jack the Ripper and it was ruthless and I loved every minute next we'll hopefully move on to Assassin's Creed Origins where I might explain why I don't perhaps love it as much as all of you If you'd like to know the full story, maybe you should tune in next time. But for now, I will say adieu, au revoir, and goodbye.